everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. As we continue our series, Rethinking Christmas, today we're going to be looking at some added traditions and the way they might actually mess up the true magic of Christmas. Yesterday, we went and got our real Christmas tree, which is a tradition that we have in this family, has been for many years. And so I suppose it's really officially the Christmas season now. I have a little tree sitting in my family room, and now it feels a little Christmassy. Kind of a crazy year for us as we're trying to redo this house that we're moving into, hopefully in January. And so everything is just very much house-related right now. It's busy. It's crazy. But it's good. It's very good. And in the middle of all of this, even though nothing is the same as it's been before, I don't have as much time for these Christmas Christmas traditions that we often will do, it's okay because the true magic is still there. So let's talk about that today. It's really interesting as I've been reading through Matthew and Luke, kind of just preparing for this series and just rethinking Christmas for myself, there are so many things that we have added along the way to the Christmas story that aren't actually in the real scriptures. So we're going to talk about that today. And I'm not trying to be like a Scrooge or tell you that all these traditions we have are bad, but I do think that they sometimes contribute to our lack of magic that we feel this season. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. The songs tell us that, the advertisements tell us that, people tell us that, and yet for so many people, the Christmas season is anything but magical or anything but the most wonderful time. It can be lonely and stressful. It can be disappointing, even heartbreaking, and you can just be left feeling unfulfilled. Like all this extra stuff that we do, and I just don't feel, I'm just not feeling it. Well, I want to talk about that because we have thrown so many things into the Christmas story and into our celebration of Christmas that aren't actually biblically accurate. And I think that is what really just drives a lot of our senses of kind of just discouragement and frustration and cynicism. We don't really get what the real message of Christmas is about. And it doesn't hurt that we've kind of just added a bunch of stuff along the way. So I just want to talk about that today. We hear like Jesus is the reason for the season a lot and, you know, keep Christ in Christmas. And what we fail to recognize is that people, well-meaning people, took a secular holiday, a pagan holiday, and kind of decided to add Jesus to this holiday. And so what we have right now is kind of this mishmash of a a pagan holiday and the birth of Christ. And yet so much of it has been just twisted over the years and things have been tweaked until you don't really even hardly recognize some of the stories, some of the the lines and plays, things like that. So I'm not trying to be grumpy and negative. I just want to point out some of this stuff to you guys, because I really believe if we're going to meet the real God and experience the real Jesus and understand what it really means to be in a relationship with him, We've got to start getting some of this extra junk out of our lives. And so I celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas, but I also know the truth about Christmas. And I'm reminding myself of that a lot. So here we go, guys. You ready? What kinds of extra traditions have we added to the story that aren't really in the Bible? Well, first of all, there was no stable, no innkeeper, and no wooden trough like we're so used to. Now, before you like freak out, let me just go back through this with you. 
There's no record of Jesus being born in a stable. The only thing it says is that he was laid in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And so therefore we get this idea that there's an inn with an innkeeper who wouldn't let Jesus in. It's, oh, you know, how will you respond to Jesus this Christmas? Are you going to accept Jesus in? Are you going to be like that innkeeper that wouldn't let Jesus in? Well, there doesn't say anything about an innkeeper. It just says that there was no place for them in the inn because everybody was there in Bethlehem for the census. So it was busy, it was crowded, and the inn was full. And so then we decide, oh, he must have been born in a stable because we have this manger that I talk about. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. But I was been in Israel, and uh, first of all, there's no wood. Like, they don't build with wood in Israel. They build with blocks, with rocks. And so there wouldn't have been this wooden stable like we see pictures of. I mean, it's cute, but it's just not accurate. And there wasn't a wooden manger. What they do have in Israel, a lot of them are these stone troughs. And they would work perfectly for a little baby to lay in because it can't roll out. And they're all over the place. There's tons of them. And when I was in Bethlehem, they showed us this cave, which is supposedly where Jesus was born. And it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's, it'd be warm. You'd have a fire in there. And it could, who knows how many people were in there too. And it was a place to just get out of the, the elements or whatever and just have a place, maybe even a place of privacy. You know, there's things that the story doesn't tell us. We have this idea, oh, it's just Mary and Joseph having this baby in this stable with all these animals. But it doesn't ever say that it's just Mary and Joseph. I mean, this whole town is full of people. You've got to believe that other women are going to rally around her and be there to help her give birth for the first time. Like, so there's no wooden manger. There's not all these animals looking around at him. It just says he was placed in a manger. And so often we get the idea of these strips of cloth, this swaddling clothes. And we're like, oh, he's just wrapped in strips of cloth. Like, oh, it's horrible. Like they must've been just so poor. But we don't understand that in Jewish culture, these were very special strips that Mary would have embroidered. Like she would have spent time and effort making these swaddling clothes. And this is something that you would do just to show that you cared about this baby and that this was just part of your lineage. And they would often sew like pictures into the swaddling clothes showing which tribe they were from and stuff like that. So they were these beautiful strips that she wrapped him in and laid him in this little manger because there wasn't any room for them. And so that's just a completely different picture than what we often get. And so why is this important? Guys, it's important because we need to know the truth. We need to know who Jesus is, who he was in the very beginning of his humanity, the people that he picked, scenarios that he put himself in. Like none of this is an accident. God could have come at any time in history that he wanted to. And he chose to come when he came for a purpose and for a reason to show us who he was. And so even as Jesus was born, and there's no places for him. And he's just, he, it doesn't matter. Like God is like, look, I'm lowly, I'm humble, and I'm coming this way to serve, not to be served, even as a baby, which is beautiful to me. Now you think of that nativity set. There really were shepherds and there really were angels that night. The angels appeared to these shepherds who were tending their sheep outside of the town of Bethlehem and just like freak them out. And they sing praises to God and they tell the shepherds that this baby has been born and they tell him where to find him. And it's super exciting. And they go and they find the baby and they worship him. And I think we miss out on how awesome this is because we don't realize who shepherds were. And shepherds were not well-off people. They were kind of the outcasts. It was their job to take care of these sheep. It was a stinky job. It was kind of a, a humble job. And yet these are the ones that God chose to send his messengers to, to say, hey, the Savior 
has been born and he's here. And I love that because once again, it's just showing who God is. He is here for the broken and the lowly. And he's always been like that. He's not coming to announce himself to the kings and the rich and the famous, but he's announcing himself to these shepherds. And they came and they they believed God and they they praised God and they worshiped Jesus. And that's it's beautiful. Now, guys, the wise men weren't there that first night. Sorry to burst your bubble. We're not exactly sure when the wise men show up. I was kind of doing a little back and forth in the book of Luke and Matthew because Luke talks about the shepherds. And it talks about how they went from there and they presented Jesus into the temple. And that would have been right around 40 days after he was born. This was a ceremonial cleansing for the woman. She would bring a offering. In this case, I think it was two little turtle doves. And she would just offer a sacrifice. And now she's once again considered to be clean after having had a baby. And we get this experience with them. With Anna and Simeon, like we talked about before a couple episodes ago, and then it says that when everything was done, they went back to Beth, went back to Nazareth. But if you look at Matthew, you see that they were actually still in Bethlehem when the wise men showed up, and so somehow it all fits together because in Matthew we have these magi from the east, these wise men from the east who had seen a star and who had been watching for a king. And it's really interesting as you watch them come and present their gifts to Jesus. And this happens in Bethlehem before they go back to Nazareth. And so somehow it all fits in there together. I love it because Jesus came and he he gave his angels to tell the shepherds about the Savior being born. And then these Gentiles show up and they also know who Jesus is. And in the gifts that they bring for him, They bring him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And gold represents his kingship. Like they knew that he was the king. And frankincense is kind of, it's an incense that you offer to a deity. And so it's like they were recognizing his deity. And myrrh is is for death and burial. And so it's like, were they recognizing his humanity? Were they recognizing that he needed to die? Like, it's just very interesting to me that these Gentiles brought these prophetic gifts. But you know what? It's just a picture. Jesus was for everybody. Jesus is for everyone. And I love that. Guys, while we're bursting Christmas bubbles, (laughs) let's talk about the time period. Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. That was something that was added, like I said before, with the pagan holiday. Some people think that Jesus was born in the spring. I was reading an article by a Messianic Jew who was saying she did a lot of searching and reading, and, and she really believes after reading a bunch of rabbis and their things they've talked about, that it was probably more of a fall thing. I guess there was this big comet that came through at that time. And there was a conjunction with this comet and like one of the planets is pretty cool. And they think that might have been the star that the wise men saw or something like that. Who knows? But they're thinking probably fall. So we don't really know when Jesus was born, but it wasn't at Christmas. It wasn't on December 25th. This was just a day that we just claimed and decided to just celebrate his birthday that day which I don't think we need to go so far as to say, okay, we're not going to celebrate Christmas. I just think we need to recognize that there's things that we've added to it and things that are not necessarily accurate. The other thing that I really notice as we're looking at our nativity scenes and we're looking at the ethnicity of the people in the nativity scenes, in the real Christmas story, in the real Jesus' birth story, every single person in it was a person of color. It's easy for us to look at these stories 
as us white evangelicals in America and just assume that everybody's like us. But guys, once again, we're the outsiders here. We're the Gentiles looking in. We're the ones that get to be grafted into this beautiful tree of Israel because of Jesus. But it's not okay for us to just take these stories and make them the way we want them to be. Look, we need to see them in accuracy and who they really are. So all these people of color that are in this story, like that's who it really is. These people are, they're Mediterranean. They're Arab. They're Jews. They're from the East. They're the wise men. You know, we don't even know where they came from. Did they come from China? Were they more Asian? We don't know. They came from the East. So it could be from anywhere. That's East of Jerusalem and Israel. Guys, I just think it's so important for us to sit back and recognize that once again, we don't always know everything. And we don't always have all of the answers. And sometimes we need to recognize that like, wow, we've really screwed this up. We've like totally made this about us instead of making it about what it really was about. And just taking the time to just recognize that, repent of that, and just realize that the beauty of Christmas is that God humbly became a human. And he allowed himself to be born in like the most humble way possible. People thought he was illegitimate. They knew that Mary was pregnant without Joseph and her being married. He had to go through the stigma of that out of wedlock baby kind of thing. And so did she, his mother. You look at this humility there. After they finished at Bethlehem, they went back to Nazareth, the nothing town where nobody's lived. It wasn't famous. It wasn't fancy. It was just like, oh, Nazareth. Ugh. And yet at the same time, angels came and announced his birth to, to humble shepherds. And wise men, Gentile wise men came and worshipped him as God and king, knowing he would have to die. The beauty of Christmas, guys, is not found in all of our stuff we do, things we bake, things we buy, not in the Christmas programs and the songs and the lights and the candles. The real magic of Christmas is that God wants to know us that he did everything necessary to make that happen. And even in his birth, Jesus showed us who God really was. And he's nothing like we expected. Nothing. He came as a humble servant to serve, not to be served, to point us to the Father and to restore us to the people he created us to be. And that's the magic of Christmas. And so I hope that as you guys continue this series in the last couple weeks, as we just really just dig into who Jesus is and what his birth and life and death mean for us, I just hope that you will be encouraged. And I hope that you'll be able to take some time away from the crazy hustle bustle of everything to just rest and contemplate and give thanks for the God who loved us enough to become one of us. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.